Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate, and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment as we chat and nourish the mind, body, and soul so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. I wanted to quickly pop on before this week's episode, which I am thrilled about, but I wanted to welcome you or encourage you to join our Overflow Facebook group where we don't see the glass as half full or half empty. We want to find ways to encourage each other, to fuel our energy and our passions so that we're living an overflowing life so we can truly respond to life's challenges. I know that it feels like you have the world on your shoulders, that you're doing everything and meeting all the demands of work as a leader, caring for your team and your family and friends too. I see that you are doing your best, but are you living in your awesomeness? Where have you made time for your amazing life, your passions, adventures, your own goals? I'm certain that this is a solution or a guide to help you reprioritize those goals unapologetically, and I'm here to hold you accountable. I know what you're thinking. I know you're a professional who does not need another coach. I know that you live an amazing life. But why aren't you living your amazing life? I I can relate. I worked in corporate. I know the life where nine to five was not just nine to five, where self-care was a pedicure sandwiched between the demands of work and people needing me. I have to say those days are gone. I have up leveled and I'm here to shake you out of your multitasking overdrive and encourage you to live a life empowered and overflowing. Overflowing so much that you are nourishing your mind, body, and soul so that you can respond to life. I like to say that I'm a champion of people, I'm a cheerleader, and I advocate for people and ideas, but I'm an accountability partner too. Join the conversation on Facebook, peoplebrain.overflow. Oh, 
Okay, here we are on our next episode of The Overflow, and I'm thrilled and excited. Anticipation is building in, in my life over here to welcome Natalie Dumond. She is truly, I think, an inspiration to leaders, teams, individuals, and really challenging us to lead with courage. I would say passion is a word that we often use to describe Natalie, whether she is helping us live the life of our dreams that we were meant to be living or showing up in organizations, leading the way. I know you do the Dare to Lead workshop, Brene Brown accredited. She's a professional leadership coach, a speaker, a facilitator, and a contributor to Brene Brown's latest book, Dare to Lead. She focuses on authentic and connected leadership development. She inspires us to build our capacity for courage, candor, connection, vulnerability, and trust in the workplace. She's also a human resources professional, 15 years in organizational development. Wow, there's a long list to welcome Natalie. I would consider Natalie someone that I look up to in here in the Kitchener-Waterloo region. And I know you also have a sociology degree in human resources certification. You're also a mom. I am. Yeah. You're leading the way. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really <laughs> happy to be here and hang out and just talk about all the things. It's crazy times. How How are you doing? Good. You know, like there's good days and there's like you know, not so good days and uncertain days. I think what I decided to do at the beginning of all the craziness back in March was just to kind of sit in the feelings, whatever showed up, didn't, you know, not trying not to judge it, just sit in it, get curious about it. And so I'm just kind of riding all the feelings that um, this year has brought and it's brought a lot. There's been lots of great change, lots of, you know, I think pivot's been a word. <laughs> There's been lots of pivoting in the business, which is good because it kind of pushed me to do things I didn't think I was going to do or didn't know was possible. And it definitely made me reevaluate relationships on the personal side, good and bad. So it's been a big year of change and I'm kind of thankful for it. Yeah, things are good. Wow. I don't know that there's many people that would be thankful for 2020. Mm. Certainly there's been challenges and I would say space mm -hmm. to suggest we pause and consider or think about the choices we've made and the people that are in our lives. I think that alone is pretty brave to say, I'm thankful for 2020. Because <laughs> uh, I think as much as it's been difficult, I know that that's where the, there's growth. So I'm always thankful for growth and reflection and 2020. Oh man, did it make me do that? Wow. And look at things that I didn't want to. So yeah, there's appreciation for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I know that up until the pandemic, when we were social, yeah, I know that you were doing the Dare to Lead in different organizations, in different companies. So tell us a little bit about Dare to Lead and tell us a little bit about how, how you have pivoted and how, if you have any suggestions for us, because a lot of women I know are leading their companies, they're entrepreneurs or they're leaders in business and they really do have the world on their shoulders. They have the worry of their team. They have the demands of home life and in what we have in, in these four walls. Mm -hmm. And some of them are pivoting and some of them are absolutely drained with all the demands and push and pull and all the things that they have to respond to. So yeah. 
Yeah, so Dare to Lead is a it's a global program. So we, we put leaders through a leadership program to help them show based on the research by Dr. Brene Brown of where leadership and cultures are headed. And it's about how to lead with more courage and the four skill sets that lead into courage. So that they're all teachable, measurable, and observable. So there is some notion out there that, you know, courage is you just have it or you don't. But what the research actually finds is these these skills can actually be taught, which build more courageous cultures and, and, and leaders. And this is what we need now more than ever. So this workshop I think has put through not my workshop, but like everybody working on it together has done I think around 35,000 liters um, since it launched uh, about 18 months ago. And then it had to do some rejigging through COVID because now we weren't teaching in person. So how do we take it and go virtual? So I think that was one of the biggest shifts for a lot of people was how do we go from in-person to virtual? And it wasn't just facilitators, it was everybody. So I think that's been one of the biggest shifts that have been coaching leaders on is how do they show up for their team and still have that connection when they're virtual, when they can't be there in person. And I think a lot of leaders have navigated it really well. And the leaders that have done really, really an excellent job at it are the ones that did empathy really well, vulnerability really well, trust really well. They knew how to build that right off the hop um, because a lot of people were having emotions through all of this. So the leaders that were able to navigate the emotions of, of their team did quite well. Changing to virtual was a big shift and a big pivot for not only myself, but everybody. So now a lot of my facilitations are virtual. I just did my first in-person last Monday. It was great, but it's been about eight months before um, I got to do that. I think that's one of the biggest um, shifts is taking Dare to Lead and any of the other workshops I do. I have another one called Courageous Conversations and Trust and Forgiveness in the Workplace and just taking them to be virtual and how to make it in-person and relatable and connected for everybody. So those are some of the biggest pivots. And then the other one is uh, creating a coaching program targeted uh, towards women, uh, helping with confidence, imposter syndrome, boundary setting, setting, uh, having a clear voice in those areas. So it's called The Worthy Project. And that launched this July uh, through the pandemic. And it's been a big su success as well. So that was a really nice surprise. So those have been some of the bigger changes for 2020 in the business for me. Wow. What would be a suggestion that you would have for leaders when leaders are trying to interact or trying to engage, trying to connect with their employees over Zoom at home in their four walls with their dogs and their children and their spouses in the background, but not getting too emotional, like not getting too personal? <laughs> yeah. So Oh, good question. I, I think it, it was coming down to the leaders that were actually brave enough to get personal, to ask and check in with their, their employees. How are you? How, how is the family? How is your dog? What are you doing to get outside or, you know, do something for yourself? Why are, you know, what, what are you doing for your well-being? Asking those questions were very important and it let the employees know that they cared. So I think it was the leaders that knew how to be vulnerable with their employees and let them know that they were struggling too. It's not always easy, you know, working from home or making this change. So the leaders that did vulnerability well and had the courage to make it personal. I think that's what COVID did. One of the interesting things that it did was now we're seeing into people's homes. We're seeing how they live. We hear the dog barking and the kids running in the background and, and all that good stuff. So it did become very personal. So the leaders that were able to go there and do it well made stronger, deeper connections.
Is that what you did? Did you invite people into your home? I did. I was always every workshop because I would run workshops from my uh-huh. kitchen table and I'd always be like, welcome to my living room and kitchen. Right now we're in my new office. It's kind of coming together, but I just think it's, it's authentic. And I, I really would like inviting all those people. Like it's such a unique situation. Like I think the workshop that I ran or the webinar I ran with you, there was 200 HR professionals on the call. That's right. And I was like, I had 200 people in my home virtually. It was really cool. I do think it's, it's shifted what personal means. How are you so authentic? How are you so relaxed with, with all this, Natalie? How do you, how do you do this? You're such, I find you're such a role model. So we did have the HR professional associations conversation where you talked about being authentic and showing up as a, a leader and daring to lead. You really did that. How do you, does that come naturally to you? Um, you know, I was not, you know, always, you know, have, I guess this comfort that you're witnessing, but it was through a lot of work, inner work, as we call it with coaching and understanding and being grounded in my own likability. I like me. And so it took me a while to say that I like who I am and therefore I know who I am. I think it's always a time of fear of judgment. What are people going to think of me? Right. So I stopped giving so much weight to that. And I gave more weight to what do I think of me? What do I like about me? What do I want to honor in me? So that shifted. And then the other thing that was a big shift. So not so much worrying about the judgment and liking myself and grounding myself in that. um, And also liking my stories, my experiences, everything that brought me to this point, it was for a reason. So to be able to share that is amazing. And it's such a privilege. So I changed doing that. And then I think the second thing for me was understanding that if there is judgment coming at me, it's to have empathy for the other person that is bringing it. And that was a shift. So instead of fearing it, it was to have empathy towards it because that person is projecting something onto me that I could be curious about if I wanted to. So it was, it was just a shift in my perspective, one about liking myself and two about having empathy towards people that were judging me, but. So that's where it comes from now. It's just more of a grounding in who I am. And that's what I help clients with. Because if I can help more women or anybody in general, men, women, find who they are and be proud of who they are and like who they are, the world would just be a better place. Because so is this the worthy? Yeah, the worthy part. Because when you're grounded in who you are, you have no need to take anybody else down. When you feel good about you, you don't need to hurt anybody else or judge anybody else because to give you like a, a, like, Oh man, at least my life's not as bad as theirs or whatever you're thinking. you just want to help everybody. You want to help everyone feel as this good. And that's the basis of the worthy project. It looks good on you. It really yeah. does. It really does. So tell us a little bit more about the worthy project. And I'm hoping again, like when we think about when I started this podcast, I really was thinking about those women who have a lot of demands and push and pulling Mm-hmm. And yet at the end of the day, even in the pandemic that we're not, maybe we're not commuting and we're not hustle and bustling, but there is so much going on that at the end of the day, that woman, like she is exhausted. Like she has done everything. And then she's going to bed and realizing I didn't do one thing for myself. I didn't do one thing that offers me peace or joy or adventure or and, and whose life am I living? I'm giving and I'm being mm-hmm. pulled and, and she's happy to, and she's quite capable. Like she is a high achiever, mm-hmm. but what can, 
what I'm hoping is the overflow podcast is a tap or a a whisper in their ear to say, stop Mm -hmm. a moment. You are worthy. Mm -hmm. So the worthy project is created to, uh, you know, really help women. It is to help women stand in the highest version of themselves and see what's possible. It focuses on three areas, depending on what the client needs. It's one area is called owning yesterday, which looks at the past. It looks at some of the limiting beliefs or all the limiting beliefs that a lot of clients have in self-judgment. And, and then it, so it gets really deep into that part. So we know how to move forward and identify it and gives them the tools to move past that part because it doesn't serve you, right? When you have that itty bitty shitty committee going off, it doesn't help. So then the second one, the second area is called owning today, which focuses on how do I own my voice today and speak up and my truth? How do I set boundaries for myself today? How do I understand what my core values are? And then the, the third phase is owning tomorrow. So that's about looking at the future. Like what is the vision for yourself? What is your purpose? What, what do you want to be doing? So a lot of the clients that I I work with, we help to shape what is the vision that you have for your big, amazing, bold life? What do you want? And and then how do you go get that? So holding them accountable, getting some better habits in place so that they're not feeling deflated when they go home. They're actually energized. They might be tired, but it's an energized tired. It's like, I'm not, I didn't do everything for everybody else out of what they want from me or out of, you know, it's, it's in service also to themselves. Like I might be tired, but I just feel like I get to pinch myself every day with the work that I do. I just, I, I feel like I won the lottery to have that for every other woman would be really powerful. That's exactly it. And there, there is something about that, like being tired and fulfilled. Like yeah. I gave everything I could because I was energized because I was at my best because I took some time to fill up my own cup to fill up and to energize my own self rather than be drained and that's the part that I kind of worry about is that people are so drained because they're not, you know, I always think like, I really enjoy my cup of coffee in the morning. And I think some people are drinking coffee to survive, to fuel them through the day right. and yeah. they're not taking care. Would you have some advice? What would you say for somebody who needed to better own today? And I, I, I was thinking about, you said they set reviewing, set boundaries and reviewing their core values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're very closely tied. So a lot of people, when you say, what are your values? Like what are the, you know, if if we were to, you know, put you into a challenging situation, what are the two values we knew that you would stand on and that you were in your integrity about? And I think this is a question that a lot of people, a lot of leaders, when I ask them what their values are, they they're unsure. Um, and, And I'm talking like authentic, like you don't even have to think about it. They're just there. We can see them as we watch you. And so what we do uh, is we get them really familiar with their core values and we pull, we extract them out of them. And then when their values are there, now we know their boundaries. So for me, my two values that I live by is kindness and authenticity, right? So I'm always looking for real, authentic people, conversations, connections, and then kindness as well. It bothers me when I see people being very unkind to each other. It also bothers me if I'm unkind. So the one thing about values, you know that you're out of alignment with yourself when it feels kind of icky, right? It's like, oh, I wasn't real in that moment. I was being fake for approval. I knew it, right? So you don't feel right. And so for whatever your values are, maybe it's being efficient. Maybe it's 
community, being in service, whatever your value is, when it's not living and breathing in you, when you're not in alignment to you, it doesn't feel good. And that's when boundaries come into place. So what's okay and not okay. That's what boundaries are. And a lot of the times, a lot of the clients I work with, it's very hard to set boundaries because we we're all worried about being liked. And if I tell you that that's not okay for how you treat me or treat others or whatever, what if you don't like me? So it's, it's getting, it's getting the confidence and the courage one to identify what your boundary or your core values are that lead into your boundaries. I even think of that about that as a leader. So during the pandemic, when people had been working from home, yeah. I think some leaders are genuinely concerned about their team mm-hmm. and the teammates being at home in the four walls, uh, whatever those four walls look like, whether it includes pets or or kids or spouses or not, they have been worried about them. And I think about your, if your two values are authentic and kindness, there's been some kind of hesitation to reach out and ask kind of personal questions. Are you okay? Because they're afraid of what's going to unfold or, or how that other person's going to react, whether it's, they're going to say, so first of all, it's none of your business or on the other extreme, they're going to, you know, release the floodgate. And I think leaders, I do think leaders need to be emotionally self-aware and emotionally literate. And I do think leaders, you know, the ones that practice empathy and everybody's empathy certified because empathy is about tapping into the emotion, not necessarily the experience, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you are on my team, I can tap into that because I know what overwhelm feels like. I may not know, like maybe I'm, I'm living at home by myself as my, but you've got three kids at home and a spouse and a dog and you're trying to balance it all. So you might be feeling overwhelmed. I can tap into that, not necessarily the experience, but the emotion. And that's what empathy is. So as a leader, you're there to do that. What is the, uh, the emotion the person is going through? Are they tired? Are they overwhelmed? Are they excited? Um, are they feeling isolated? And you just have to continue to be curious about that. And what do they need in order to move through that? So I know a lot of people are scary, but like, well, if I ask this, then I have to deal with it. We have to get out of this notion of I'm here to fix them. You're not here to play the hero. You're here to help coach them and remind them that they are creative, resourceful and, and whole, and they can do it themselves. So asking them the right questions on, you know, how do you feel? You know, what do you need in this moment right now? What can I do to be in service of you? Those are legitimate questions to ask anybody on your team. And you're just reminding them of their resiliency, of, of their power, and that they can walk through this. And you're cheering them on from the sidelines. So empathy is a really important skill set. Empathy and curiosity are massively important for any leader at any time, especially through the pandemic. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great reminder around empathy, really tapping into the emotion rather than, like you said, that, yeah, our lives may not be the same, but I know... <laughs> I have a sense of what overwhelm feels like. Right, exactly. Or I know what excitement feels like. Or like, if you think about all the emotion, I think the research is showing there's about 40 different emotions that are out there right now. And being versed in them means that you've experienced them. So, uh, you know, empathy is about taking somebody's perspective, staying out of judgment of it, recognizing the emotion, and then conveying the emotion. There's four steps to doing empathy really well. And those are the four steps. It just lets somebody know, wow, she sees me. I might not have the exact same life as you or the same experience as you, but I, I get your emotions and you're not alone and feeling overwhelmed at all. That's the difference, right? So everybody is empathy certified. And for the most part, you can hold space for somebody's emotions. And if it, if you can't, if it feels like it's too much and somebody is 
really moving towards a direction that you don't feel comfortable with when it comes to how they're feeling, then you, you get them help of somebody that is trained in that area. I love that. I love that, Natalie. Everyone is empathy certified. Everybody is empathy certified. Yeah. Because we're humans and we feel, we all feel. So as a coach, I can't have all the life experiences that my clients have, you know, that, that that's not possible, but I can have the emotions that they do because we all have the same ones. Wow. That's empathy. I think, yeah, you're exactly right that no, the coach doesn't have the exact same experiences that I do, or the leader hasn't, well, may or may not have walked in those same shoes to get to that same location, but we are all in this global pandemic. We That's are it. all trying to figure out work from home or That's staying it. safe or remembering our masks and... Yeah, we're all feeling uncertainty at times. We're all feeling hopeful at times. We're all feeling anger at times, frustration, loss. Like we all know these emotions. Just ask. And then also ask, what do they need? You know, and sometimes they might look at you and go, I don't even know. And ask them, be like, well, you might. Just keep asking questions to see if you can get them there. Or they just might need time. And it can just be a something simple too. One of the more easier uh, empathetic um, responses to share with people when you're not new to empathy, but you're practicing it more mm -hmm. is I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm just so glad you told me mm -hmm. what empathy is, is allow not allowing the person to realize that they're alone in their situation. Nobody is. Ooh, I love that. Everyone just wants connection and they don't want to feel like they're the only person in the world that feels the way that they're feeling. Yeah. yeah amen to that. That's exactly right. Is that we don't want to feel alone and the and the leader typically she doesn't want her team to feel like they're alone but she she wants to reach out i love that no we're, we're, yeah. we're all empathy certified and we are not alone even just to say like you said i'm glad you told me yeah i don't even know what to say right now but i'm just really glad you told me thank you and then just stay with the curiosity what else is going on for you what else do you want me to know what else can Ooh. i you know those are the types of questions and like a lot of the stuff we teach our leaders is to open up the, the room with what we call powerful questions in coaching. They usually start with the word what. You have to watch the word why at the beginning of a sentence or the question because why can have a very defensive response. Why, uh, what did that bring up for you? Instead of, you know, why did you do that? It's- I can see the wagging finger coming. Why? Why, yeah, why has that? You can use why, like why could be like, oh, interesting, tell me why. And again, like asking questions, all tone does matter. Like I could ask my what questions with a very angry tone and I'd get a very different response, mm -hmm. but just as a, as a leader and as a coach, like a leader for me is a coach. So they should be opening up the space by staying really curious. And one of the ways to do that is starting every one of their questions with the word, what, what do you need? What are you feeling? What can I do to serve you more? Those questions. That's great. That's a great tip. And I love that the worthy project is allowing leaders to work on themselves. I love that it's, I am worthy, even amidst this pandemic and yeah. masks and work from home that we are worthy to, whether it's to work on their past, work on their future, or just own today. Exactly. Right. They're beautiful. worthy of their, their life. They're worthy of the vision of it. They're worthy of their past. They're just, they're worthy of liking themselves. That's okay. It's okay to like yourself. I know it seems like a, you know, 
It's not ego. So you're teaching more people to do that is an amazing experience. I love it. Feel really impressed. Oh, thank you. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. I think it's going to change the world. And I think everybody needs a reminder to know that they are worthy of self-care, whether that's for their mind, body, or soul. And it sounds like that's what the Worthy Project is supporting, like you said, people. Yeah, it supports people on a deeper, deeper level, right? Of like, how do you want to support yourself? How do you, what life do you want? What vision do you have for yourself? How do you want to honor your past? It gets them to look at questions like that so they can do the inner work. So that is the self-care. That's where that deep, that, that, that's how where the healing starts. Like, you know, there's all the other, you know, types of self-care for sure. Drinking the water, getting the exercise, eating right, making sure that you're getting out into nature, grounding yourself that way. There's all of those amazing things to do. Keep doing those, you know, seeing friends by Zoom as much as you can and social. But until people start to look at themselves and start to own who they are and where they want to go, some of that stuff will just be surface. You got to go a little bit deeper to do the real self-care. That's great. I love it. Well, I, I appreciate you showing up authentically. Like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to think about and to express empathy and taking on the leader's perspective on how she or he is feeling mm-hmm. and how they're trying to kind of reach out to their employees. I think the Worthy Project I'm really excited about. I know you're often on LinkedIn Lives. Yep. So watch out for watch out for those. Are, do you have a set schedule, Natalie? Um, I do. I'm, I've got a couple weeks, uh, no, about three to four weeks lined up right now of amazing uh, women coming on. So I'm really pumped about that. And um, then I'll be lining things up for December. So that's where I'm kind of at with it. I'm, I'm running the whole thing by myself. So I'm that's excellent. running it, you know, doing the questions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fun. I just highlighting. I get to interview some people I have girl crushes on. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, what are you doing to live in your overflow these days? Good question. I overflow. Well, honestly, like the work that I get to do, that makes me just feel amazing. Running these workshops, it makes you just feel like you drank a whole bunch of energy drinks at the end to, you know, having a great coaching session with a client that makes me feel like I'm on cloud nine and then my family, you know, I got two littles, I got a four-year-old and a five-year-old and they just bring me down to earth and they, they say the cutest things. And I don't know, I don't, there's something about a boy and his mom. I don't know what that is, but they're just the cutest thing. I'd eat them if I could. Jack and Levi, they overflow for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that way too, you have something that is professional filling you up and personal. Totally. Totally. And you know, like, it's not always like, I don't want to paint this picture. It's always rosy. It's not like there's days that are a struggle and I can even feel it. I've had this little calling. I need a, I need a couple days, you know, even four days off where I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not thinking about work. I haven't had that in probably, I don't even know when I have not, you know, when you run your own business, you're always thinking about it. And you're always thinking when you're a mom, you're always thinking about that. So I'm looking right now into um, going away on a retreat somewhere where I can, you know, do some meditation, yoga, sound baths, all that good stuff and just eat and relax because I can just feel there's this little voice to say, you need to take some time because if I'm not good, it's hard for me to hold space for other people. So I always need to make sure that I'm in, in the right 
space as well. So I can do that for my clients, which is one of my favorite things to do. So, and, you know, learning to do that kind of self-care where you take four days and have no guilt to do it. Absolutely. That's oh, I highly recommend it. I highly yeah, recommend yeah. it. I took I a strategy. struggle with that. So we, I did do a strategy uh, weekend in September with a girlfriend and we escaped to a location that cannot be named. Okay. <laughs> and that was exactly it. No phones, no work emails. It was, it was strategy. So it was on our work as entrepreneurs, but mm. we didn't have laundry to do or meals to make or <laughs> kids to tuck in. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well just, worth it. Highly recommended. Yeah. So I would recommend that and make sure you're not going with guilt attached or following you at the door. That's right. That's right. right. You're following you the can't, door. As overflow would suggest you can't give from an empty cup. That's right. That's right. Do you have a, a book you're reading right now or a podcast that you're following that you'd highly recommend? Yes. Untethered soul I'm reading right now by Michael Singer. It's so good. So, so, so good. Um, in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Renee Brown's unlocking us and dare to leave for sure. Like everybody should be listening to those ones. I'm just li- listening to Renee Brown's podcast on burnout with yeah. the two with the twins. Yeah. Just listening to that. Yeah. She's, she's got amazing guests on there. She, they talk about really great topics. So they she, really do. You know, I, the, her work is being pulled everywhere right now. Like she just interviewed Joe Biden. I think she was just on with Jada Pinkett Smith and that was a big hit. So she's, she's making the rounds for sure. Well, and I don't know how many podcasts can actually make you cry. Like I was crying. I had to turn the podcast off because I was just emotional. Yeah, no, she's good. My last question is if you could go back and whisper into your 20 year old self, Mm -hmm. what would you tell her? What's the one thing? Oh, that she matters that she's enough. She didn't even know that that was an unconscious narrative. She was hustling for everyone else's approval. She was hustling to be liked, but it was all from that place of, am I enough? And if people really saw me for who I am, would they like me? So to remind her of that, it would be powerful. Mm-hmm. And just keep going because life gets really good. Those would be the things that I would whisper. Yeah, just keep going because it gets even better. Well, and imagine if you could tell her then about that unconscious bias, like you're saying that she matters. She matters, right? Because she had something very quiet in the background telling her that she's not enough. You know, if people really knew you, would they like you? And was so worried about everybody else's judgment towards her rather than her own judgment of, of liking herself first. So that's, that's what I tell her. Just keep going, you know? It gets better. It gets better. I love it. It gets better. Really interesting question. And give her a hug and say, thank you. Just thank you. We all, you know, in our twenties, we're trying, we're doing the best we can with what we know. I really appreciate you saying yes to join our podcast in this conversation. I really appreciate you thinking about how leaders show up reminding us about empathy and how we can own our today. I like the concept of really thinking about what are those core values and how are those values kind of showing up for us or setting boundaries for us so that we can be a better person so that we can own today. And like you said, move on to our true purpose of tomorrow's. Yes. Get more people living in their purpose. That'd be great.
That's what I'm on the mission to do. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining our podcast. I will include your website. It's nataliedumont.com. Is there anywhere else that we can find you on social media? I'm definitely active on Instagram and on LinkedIn the most. So you can find me both uh, as, as Natalie Dumont on either platform. I'd love to meet you there. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.